and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own property businesses and this podcast is just us chatting as we often do about anything and everything property. And today we thought we'd have a quick update with each other because we've got a few bits going on. So Simon, you up first. What's happening? Well, I like the way you say we've got a, got a few bits going on. You, you've just spent the last five minutes, I think, running through uh, the, the very simplest of headlines of your things. So uh, I think you're going to have a lot more to say than me today. <laughs> I am still in the process of, of selling a property, and my update largely focuses around that. As with all conveyancing processes, it's never never done until it's done, and the the last couple of weeks have have really emphasized that for me in so much as our buyer is simultaneously keen to complete as quickly as he can and also throwing issues in in, in the way of, of this process of course naturally yes i want it done as quickly as possible but these are the things i'd like to change <laughs> yes exactly something that i've mentioned on this podcast before is the garden in this property is a different shape to that shown on the land registry plan. This is sort of due to historic changes of the, the the plots around it and having sold off a little bit at the bottom of the garden and and various things that happened over a series of years, many, many years ago. The garden itself hasn't changed shape or size for a long time, but the land registry plan doesn't reflect that. The land registry plans of the neighbouring plots do have the garden shown in the right shape and size, but the, the actual one for this property is not. And we looked at getting this updated with the land registry and set things in motion with our, our solicitor some while ago, I think probably around the middle of the year, maybe a bit earlier even, we, we, we got that process rolling with, with them. Mm, we talked about it on the show, didn't we? We did indeed, yes. And... We haven't ever had that confirmed properly from, from them. Uh, but we have, they have said, don't worry, it's all in, in progress, not a problem. But the land registry is very slow at the moment because they're, they're having trouble with staffing levels and also the, the increase in, in demand for transactions that are going through. Don't worry, it's all in progress. Um, it'll, it'll happen. We've just got to wait. And now, of course, we're selling it. And... During the sales process, there's a, a form you have to fill in that tells the, the buyer all about the property. And one of the questions on that is, have the boundaries changed? And from talking to our solicitor, they said, uh, tick yes and write in, please see letter from solicitor. So, so that was done. That was part of the quite early conveyancing process. You, you fill in this form and, and send it off to the, the buyer, or the buyer's solicitor, rather. And, and that all happened, and nothing was said, so we assumed that, that this letter from the solicitor, which we haven't actually seen, so we, we assumed that, that sort of covered all the questions and, and all the, the worries of the buyer. And then, uh, at this 11th hour, the buyer's solicitor has come back and said, oh, what's going on with these boundaries? <laughs> And uh, they're, they're now suddenly very worried about this. And apparently the, the process hasn't actually completed with the land registry. It's still in progress. And there have been communications back and forth between solicitors. And they, the buyer is saying, 
we're okay to carry on, but we want a, a chunk of money um, sort of held back by the, the solicitor uh, just in case there are any, any problems with, with these boundary changes or, or clarifications or whatever. So they have come back and, and suggested that 20000 should be held over for, by, by solicitors. Uh, and of course, the, the, the agreement is that if the boundary problems are sorted out and all goes through, then, then we get paid that 20000 But if after a certain amount of time, the problem is, has not been resolved, then we lose that money. It goes back to the, the buyer. And where did the figure of 23000 come from? Oh, sorry, it took 20000 20, Sorry, 20000 I have no idea. I think I just made it up. <laughs> um, our solicitor suggested that a reasonable amount might be 1,000. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was just thinking. I was, I was thinking for the process, you really, because I was actually thinking it, it doesn't seem like an unreasonable request, actually, if there's, a, if there's an unknown that there might be there. But then, but then a figure of 20,000 does seem fairly unreasonable. Yeah, exactly. And, and hopefully, in fact, by the time this episode goes live, because we, we do record these a few days in advance, um, it's possible that this will all be sorted out and, and maybe even a, a speedy exchange plus completion will have taken place. But at the moment, we don't know. We've, they, they've said 20,000 and we've come back and said, uh, nope. <laughs> um, but, uh, but we haven't actually agreed on anything in the middle. Ho- hopefully we'll well, actually, I don't really want to agree at 10,000. I think that's too much. Either. So I'm not, not keen on in the middle, but hopefully we'll, we'll agree a, a number. Because as you say, I think it's quite reasonable that, that something is, is held back. Um, it is an unresolved issue. It shouldn't have been. It should have been sorted out many months ago. But, but it is an unresolved issue. So it's fair enough that a little bit's held back. But, uh, but yes, we just need to work out what, what the definition of a little bit is. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's unreasonable if, if, they, if they haven't provided a rationale for that figure and equally i think if your solicitor then provides that rationale back to say okay what what's the worst case scenario the worst case scenario is actually the piffers didn't do anything they didn't give us any money for it and it hasn't been actioned however to to do this works from a from a legal perspective is a thousand pounds plus we think for unknowns is another £1,000 and therefore £2,000 is the figure. I think if, if it goes back with a rationale, there shouldn't be any further sort of discourse on it because you've put it, you've put it there in plain and simple terms. At worst case scenario, if, an, if anything hadn't happened, how their solicitor has thought that is reasonable to put forward a figure of £20,000, I, I do not know. I really don't. No, I, I don't know quite where that number came from or, or what they're thinking, but... Hopefully we'll, we'll manage to get it sorted out. No doubt you will. It's a relatively small stumbling block, really. It's just... Until you add that figure to it. <laughs> yes, right. It's just frustrating that it's come up sort of right at the end when, uh, when it should have been known for some while and it should have been... In fact, it should have been sorted out completely ages ago and, uh, and not really been an issue at all, but then uh, it should have been exposed as an issue earlier and last minute is, is coming up in in other in other news on this property uh having said i was going to be quick i i've i've actually taken a, a lot of time to waffle about this my apologies we'll, we'll try and squeeze your updates in in a moment <laughs> <laughs> so the other update on this is that uh, there was a tenant living in this property they have moved out successfully they have purchased and they have they've moved 
there were some minor damages and bits and pieces from from after they they left which have, have now been sort of rushed to, to sort out because uh, obviously we, we're expecting to exchange and complete quite soon hopefully so so that's been a bit of a scramble as well because it's all been been very close to the the deadline but overall going okay they left there wasn't any problems with with the tenant leaving and uh, nothing major was wrong it's all relatively uh, straightforward to fix so the house should be ready just need to sort out the the last minute legal wranglings uh, which of course are, are made worse or well, not the worst but complicated by the fact that solicitors do all seem to be very busy and very overworked at the moment and it's very difficult to get hold of them and to actually get a get a response back mm. uh, even when you've got got deadlines pressing and and people chasing it's it's difficult and i, I think that's obviously due to the mostly due to the, the sort of boost in transactions and, and things that are going on inspired a bit or, or spurred on a bit by the the stamp duty holiday of course which I, i've heard rumors recently might might be being looked at or considered by by the government for for changes so we shall see what comes of that as well anyway over to you Stuart. you you've just got a couple of minor things to mention i know so i'm, I'm sure you'll be quick <laughs> off you go <laughs> what, what's going on, on with you <laughs> well it, it's a good segue because you just mentioned how busy everyone is and just to to segue into that reading in the in the paper on the weekend apparently the average residential property price rose by up to 230,000 pounds which is six and a half percent increase compared with the same month last year and i think when you when you and and that's the the biggest rise since january 2015 and i think when you think about that and you think about the year we've had it's quite astounding to say we've now seen the biggest rise in house prices with everything that's gone on and we know that there's a lot of government support but that's quite crazy so just supports exactly what you're saying that that and, and what we've said before which is how busy everyone is and i too am very busy <laughs> <laughs> so i've kind of grouped this up into what i'm selling what i'm buying and what i'm refurbing so we're currently selling three properties we and i've talked about these so i'm not going to go into any detail on these but we can you can always go back to previous episodes and it'll be there we're selling a flat in croydon which touch wood fingers crossed any anything else we can do is still going through we've had to get a license to water completed which just meant that we were allowed to do what we did in the property which has all been a bit retrospective but that's because that's the way it worked out we had some sort of verbal agreements but my big watch out to people and this this will be a separate episode is when you're buying a leasehold property with managing agents and our property was a, was a mixed use building commercial and residential it's been a bleeping nightmare a bleeping nightmare i mean I, <laughs> if we had enough bleeps i'd keep bleeping away it's been a real problem this project was we estimated three to six months including sale we bought it in october 2019 so however we are selling it uh hopefully that's going through like you the tenant we've we had some short-term tenants they've just left we're now hopeful that this will complete early jan yeah that's that the studio have mentioned this on the podcast already unfortunately the that sale has now fallen through because the the surveyor valued that at 20 grand less than the 
the purchaser was willing to buy it. Uh, you know, basic economics frustrates me on that one. And also the comparables supported it. But again, we've talked about that previously, so I don't need to go into detail. However, that's back on the market. We've had a couple of viewings. We'll just see where it goes. The anecdotal evidence is that the, the market is slowing down, obviously, with the impending Christmas holiday. However, I'm also selling a third property, which is a flat in Plymouth, and they're talking about Boxing Day marketing, which is very interesting. The, uh, the, the quick aside on that one is that the, the estate agent wanted to talk to me about Boxing Day marketing in mid-November. And I said, let's, let, why don't we try and focus on getting it sold in the next four to six weeks rather than this wonderful marketing strategy in Boxing Day? Yeah, that, that sounds a bit, bit uh, sort of premature in the uh, uh, pessimism. <laughs> yeah, which could be, could be measured with realism. I appreciate that. But of course, as a seller, you want everything being done to get that sold. So, so there are the three properties we're selling. One of those is still going through, touch wood. The other two, we're in the market and the flat has got a tenant in it, which I've talked about before. Unfortunately, the tenant has fallen behind in payments, but are making every effort to to to, to sort of catch up. But uh, Is this the flat in Plymouth? That's right. So yeah. are you selling that with tenant or is the expectation that you will complete the eviction process prior to, to that sale? No, the current expectation is that the tenant stays. However, the condition of the property isn't great. I think that's the most I can say right now. Um, because once again, well, I say once again, but having been someone that, that goes out and buys properties, there were a couple of bits of feedback which I just was unsure of. And to be brutally honest, I hadn't been in the property for a few years. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to arrange to go down and have a look at the property and just walk into it as if I am the buyer, which in our positions is very easy to do and to be honest I, if, if if I were a buyer I wouldn't be looking to purchase it at this time depending on price because there's a lot there's a lot that needs to be done well in fact there isn't a lot that needs to be done but it's just one of those where again not all tenant issues but if things are untidy Th- things can often look a lot worse can't they than, than they actually are yeah that's that's absolutely right and I think when you're the owner of a property sometimes you don't see that because you think, well, it's just a, I don't know, a replaced carpet here or, a, you know, there was a drawer missing in the kitchen. There was a window that was just held open by a saucepan, which all of which I was unaware of because, the, for example, the window has broken. The sash window has broken. So immediately I said to the tenant, you know, we weren't aware of this. Oh, no, I haven't told anyone. So, you know, my next task is to write an email to the letting agent and say, right, these are the things I want repaired. And I know as vendors, sometimes we look past this stuff and say, well, it's, yeah, it's just a repairing of a sash window or you just need to put a new kitchen flooring down. Other people don't see it like that. They see it like sometimes I do. I walk around and I go, oh, this is going to cost a few quid. And when you're investing, and if you are going to invest with a tenant in situ, you don't want to think about your yield being lessened by the works you're going to have to do in the next 12 months. So they're the three things I'm selling. We've got two purchases uh, happening at the moment. One is my residential, so we're looking to buy a new build. We've talked about that. They want us to exchange within the next two weeks. Oh, wow. But it's not going to be built for a long time yet, is it? June next year. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's an early, an early exchange for or a, a long period between exchange and completion. But I think that's relatively common with new builds. Yeah. 
I know uh, from my own personal experience, we, we exchanged a long time prior to actual completion on, on our current house because um, yeah. it was a, a new build. And but yeah, that's, that's quite a Yeah, boring. we accept that process as, as part of it. The, the only challenge for us is, is you have to prove everything. So you, you've got to be in funds, i.e. we've got to show we've got the money and we've got to do, obviously do all the paperwork up front. And you've got to make sure you've got a mortgage offer that lasts that long. And you've got to make it, yeah, and that, that's obviously a prerequisite. And I think, I think most lenders now are aware of that if you're buying uh, new builds. I think the last one we had was an offer that was, I'm, I think it was up to 12 months. But it's a question we ask because we're sort of cognizant of that. We always say, you know, is it going to be valid for that long? But I think that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is worthwhile pulling it out. The other purchase, we have an offer accepted on a public house. I'm not going to share too much detail on that because it's very early days. All to say is it's a, it's a beautiful stroke landmark type building, which we will convert into three sets of HMOs. Essentially, will become 14 rooms, uh, most of which will have en suites. Uh, so fingers crossed. Yeah. I've only seen the outside of the building from, from photos that you've shown me. But yeah, it's the sort of building that I, I look at and I think, that's a really good, interesting building. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the kind, kind of thing that I'd, uh, I'd always be, uh, or should I say, would always pique my interest. Yeah, yeah, likewise. So it's, it's one of those we, we're looking forward to do, but we've got a small matters to sort out, i.e. the funding <laughs> of that. Yeah, so that's that's the buying. So the purchase of two. We've just completed a couple of weeks back on a four bed masonette. Currently, yeah, well, it's actually a three bed. But we'll convert it into a four bed masonette, and we'll be doing what we do on that, which is turning it into all ensuite rooms. We won't start on that until the the building team have finished on my current refurb, which is the uh, Victorian five bed, which. We are, I would say, 10% away from completing now. We've just had a, a local artist in spraying some walls. We've got a really awesome-looking exploded catch-up bottle on the kitchen wall, for example. We've got OSB on the walls, and he's just started spray-painting that, and it's looking really good. And this, this, this building, for anyone that's been listening to this podcast from the early days, was based on the property where, when I went to see this at the start of lockdown, the tenants had trashed it, just totally trashed it. And that was my sort of snapping point where I decided that actually this isn't why I'm in the game. I, I want to be in the game to, to create better. So um, that's looking really good. And I'd love to be able to share the, uh, photos of that via the, this podcast. And we'll put it in the show notes once, once they're available. I'd love to do that and get it on the businessofproperty.com. Little plug there. Um, so that's that refurb. We're also painting and decorating an eight bed, which is opposite the, uh, the five bed refurb, actually. And that is, that's the first rate, rent to rent that we've got agreed and we've spoke about you on the last episode. lots more about that last week yeah yep so that's all on the last episode yeah and then we've got two more rent to rents that are in the pipeline so just need to agree on those not too much more i can say until we get paperwork signed but i was gonna say how many rooms are you looking at across those two yeah so i was gonna say they will cover a further 11 rooms so so we had a few targets in terms of number of rooms we wanted to increase the business by in the next year I think within three months, we're over 50% of target. So, Good progress. It's, it's a lot of progress, possibly too much for me, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a long list of a lot of things going on, a lot, lot of balls in the air and things to make sure they don't get dropped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that, that is the big thing. I'm, I'm fortunate, and we've spoken about this before, but for me, 
the team around is one of the most important things. If we didn't have the right teams, I wouldn't be doing this level of work. Build team number one, let, good, good letting agent network uh, and contacts. And it's one of those things you hear about a lot in, well, in any circles, but particularly in property circles, people talking about your network and, and so on. But my experience is that that network is, is hugely important and as you and I have discussed on this podcast in the past, but it's not something you're not going to snap your fingers and have an instant network. It's not how it works. You've got to, it takes time to build trust and get the right people. But that's, that's important. Yeah, exactly. And you've, you've got a, a number of years working in your, your chosen area. So you are now building that, that team and, uh, and it's all, all starting to sort of come together and, and help you accelerate in, in what you're doing. So yeah. It's really good. And uh, showing that. Uh, you can get a lot done now uh, with that, that list of, of stuff sounding very, very impressive. Yeah, and as, as Alex Ferguson once said, you know, it is squeaky bum time because all of this needs investment and covering and unlike what a lot of property course propounders would want you to believe that all of this has made me a millionaire overnight. I'm, unfortunately, I'm here to tell you that's not the case, but... It's, it's building for a, a longer term future. You know, there's a, there's a longer plan in three years and it's, it's not high risk, but it's a lot of effort and a lot of work in the short term for, for very little recompense. However, of course, you know, the hope is that in, in two, three years time that all of this will prove fruitful in terms of ongoing recurring revenue. And that's, that's the game as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And uh, you'll have what? Uh, when you're done, you're going to have approaching 60 rooms under management, something like that? Oh, don't ask me questions like that across, on the podcast. Across your, your, <laughs> your... <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> but, uh, well, anyway, it's, it's going to be lots, so... <laughs> it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be 60 plus, yeah. I'm going to have to do the maths on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's something in the region of a 50% increase from, from where you started 2020, I think. So it's yeah. it's all all looking good. It's all going upwards and and going upwards quite steeply. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised you're you're busy when you look at those sort of numbers. It's a good point, and is and I know as we approach the end of the year, we we try and do a bit of reflecting, and I should probably do likewise. But no, you're right. Actually, with with what we've got planned, depending on how long it takes to to you know, should we complete and convert the. the public house in the timelines agreed we, we should have well over 70 yeah actually yeah is, is your is your plan for the uh for the pub a, a buy and hold or, or are you planning to yeah move yeah, anywhere on no buy, yeah, buy and hold, cool. yeah so yeah so it's gonna be another another big collection of rooms to add yeah yeah although the likelihood is although we'd love to complete it next year the likelihood is that will probably push into 2022 yeah but by by complete you don't mean complete the purchase you mean complete and get it ready for rental yeah complete the complete the works yeah yeah if yes actually i can't share any more on the conveyancing but yeah. no that's fair enough yeah, these these things do do take time and uh while while the deals are up in the air and you're still potentially negotiating a yeah, can't uh, can't share too much <laughs> no I mean, it's, it's one of those things i'm 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 very open and happy to share things but in these situations when other people are involved as you know it's, it's frustrating for me because I'd love to talk about it because these projects makes you know are exciting and just like you get excited about looking at castles and various <laughs> buildings and I'm sure both you and I would love to 
talk more about the pubs but it, it, yeah it's hard when there's other people and, and actually don't want to offend or upset any apple carts as we're in the early stages of the process yeah as, as we get into next year i'm going to be in in the buying phase again having hopefully <laughs> hopefully touch wood and what have you uh completed on on the sale that's currently in progress mm. uh, and and yeah the, the question is going to be how much how much do i share in advance of of things so if I find a, a brilliant deal that I, I'm trying to, to advance, typically you might might not mention anything until the, the your offer has been accepted. But even once the offer has been accepted, we've then got this two to three month window between that and exchange of contracts where everything is, is up in the air. No, nothing is certain or known. And I'm not sure necessarily want to, to go around broadcasting all these fantastic deals <laughs> that, uh, that I found and, and I'm considering in that that window but uh, but we'll, we'll see see how across that bridge next year yeah and it, but it's two way as well isn't it because you know our situations could change we might agree on purchasing something and we might want to go full steam ahead yet our personal circumstance may change you know i was working with an investor who was investing in a significant amount of money with me and we, we were going full guns blazing and then his son and partner had twins and so all of a sudden, he was investing that money with me, then had to take that money back. You know, I've now got a son and grandchildren, immediate grandchildren to support, and unfortunately can't do it. So, but anything can happen in life, and, and that's the other thing is, you, you know, we don't want to, until we're confident of the, of, the, uh, of the properties, go too far ahead as well for our own sanity. Yeah, indeed. But uh, looking into to next year a bit, if, if anyone is, is listening to this and they're, you're planning to, to start a, a, a looking for purchase and, and purchasing cycle, please do let us know. We, we'd love to, to hear from, from anyone else who's, who's approaching that. And um, let us know if you might be willing to, to join us on an episode and tell us about what you're, you're thinking about and what you've put in mind. Because that, I think, would be, be great for, for other people to, to hear, as well as just Stuart and I talking about uh, our own projects. It'd be good to, good to hear about some other people in, in other areas of the country and things particularly might be good. Yeah, and if you've got any property challenges, let us know. Not, it's not that we're sadists. We don't want you just to share your problems. But A, we might have had previous experience of it. And B, it would be good to bring that out into the public forum. So if there are other challenges, for example, like the EWS1, you know, the external wall survey challenges, there might be other things going on that, that we all need to be aware of. So please do contact us. And it feels like that's the right time to wrap up. Mr. Piffer. Yep, I think it probably is. Um, just to say, you can contact us with a, a contact form on thebusinessofproperty.com, but you can also email us, show at thebusinessofproperty.com will reach us. So you can take either of those avenues. And yeah, Stuart, do you want to, to wrap up the episode then? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Do appreciate you. As always, if you're enjoying the show, getting any value from it, please do leave us a rating or review, or both if you're feeling particularly happy. Otherwise, feel free to go and check all of the information out on this podcast and all the previous ones on thebusinessofproperty.com. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next episode.